Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Uh, the midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie, uh, the featured movie, original Kings of Comedy. Had never heard the soundtrack at all. Honestly, I'm not going to lie to you. I wasn't even sure it had a soundtrack prior to today's yeah. midweek movie music. So I do learn something new every day. I didn't even know it had a soundtrack. But it's a damn good soundtrack, actually. And how many songs are on this soundtrack? Uh, There's like 12, something like okay. that. Okay, yeah. And uh, it, this one actually brings me back to that Cedric Entertainer scene. So I can I can actually see this one uh, right now. But I haven't seen Keys of Company in a long time. But Patrick said he did watch it to prepare for midweek movie music. And he said it's still the test of time. And this, and this, this actual bit with Cedric the Entertainer actually holds up really well with all the space race now. Oh, that's a great I thought all... about that. Hey, that's a, that's a great point, Patrick. I think... Ultimately, when you go back and watch old stand-ups, whether it's a George Carlin or if it's a Richard Pryor, uh, whoever you want to watch, are you talking about? Um, I think when you start looking at the actual content of it, if you're doing timely, relevant content, right, about uh, socially relevant events during your time, um, that may not necessarily stand the test of time because you're talking about something specific to that time period. But when they get into uh, larger concepts, um, when they start getting to some of their, uh, whether it be storytelling or whether they get into it like you, like uh, like Cedric and Taylor did, just about something kind of just fictional world they're creating with their stand-up, man, when it actually starts, it starts to hit home decades later. <laughs> yeah. That is, to me, that's the ultimate compliment for a stand-up comedian. When you're basically foreshadowing the future with your stand-up, and you were just joking, you was in, it was in jest. Yeah. But all, all stand-up comedians, it's a little bit of comedy, but the reason it's funny is because it's rooted yeah. well, in because reality. The, the joke was less about. You know, the actual people going, but he's like, y'all trying to go to the moon. Yeah. Y'all going to leave us here. No, we're coming to spaceships long and lean. Like we used to driving that like a 72 deuce and a quarter. Yeah. And now you got <laughs> Elon Musk with his own spaceships, yeah. him and, and Jeff Bezos. They want to go live on Mars or the yeah. moon or whatever. And he's like, he's like, oh no, we're coming. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like it, it would be that, that routine would hit even, it would be right now hitting even closer to home if he had did, done that today and i think when was that how many years ago you said this it would was? have been early 2000s no this was yeah early 2000s, early 2000s? Yeah. Okay, yeah i got that as a gift for christmas on my when i, I was 16 say, I, I saw it with texas teammates so it might have been when i was at texas yeah you're like two years older than me so it would yeah. have been like your freshman year okay something like yeah that. that's what I'm i think i remember seeing yeah, it because it was teammates yeah, at it, texas. I, when i was looking at it i was like yeah i got this for christmas on my when i was 16 you got kings of comedy yeah nice who got you that pops and my mom or dad, yeah. That is awesome. Yeah. That's some great parents. That's fantastic, man. There you go. Just 16-year-old Patrick upstairs like, Lenny Williams. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I was a young kid listening to Lenny Williams, too, because my, my dad and uh, my dad loved Lenny Williams. And I remember jamming that song, Because uh, I Love You, and like, man, I might have been 12. <laughs> And like singing that song and and trying to understand it a little bit too, but I just thought it was cool the way he was. Uh, uh, uh. I just thought it was cool yeah. the way he begged and said. I just yeah. thought it was fantastic. I, I was like, I love this song. This is great. And 
as a as a as an older man now, I get I get where the pain came from. As yeah. a kid, I was just like, man, this guy's just yelling and screaming. This is pretty cool. You don't hear people doing this on songs. Uh, then I come to find out the pain that Lenny was going through, and then it made it even a cooler song. Yeah. Then I actually got it. Uh, all right, uh, let's get to <clears throat> some topics here. Uh, we talked Cowboys 49ers. You can be a part of the show. Specs text line five one two three three seven three seven seven six. That's the number to the Specs text line. You also hit us up via Twitter. I'm at Rod Babies and Twitter. My heart is out because he's feeling a little under the weather, but he will be back. So don't worry about that. But you can cyber stalk him if you want to at Hardball Harge and the real MVP, the ideal you know, my man Patrick Davis, uh, also DJing for a midweek movie, movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. Uh, let's get to the Cowboys and the 49ers. Get back to this conversation. I talked a lot about the, the Cowboys defense matching up against the 49er offense, and, and I promise you I'll get back to breaking that down. And I'm trying to give Cowboys fans hope. I'm not trying to be the, the hope killer, uh, the dream killer. I don't want to be that guy. I'm not trying to be Buzz Killington out here. I re- I'm not trying to be that guy for Cowboys fans. I've told you both days um, I've tried to point out why there is hope. All right, why you match up well with the 49ers. I've done a, a pretty good job of showing out why you match up well defensively with the 49ers offense because both are built on principles of positionless football. So let's flip the script and go to the Cowboys offense versus the number one defense in the NFL. And, you know, this is a, a matchup that is going to be a struggle, I believe, for the Cowboys. And it's not like the, the, the 49ers defense is impenetrable. I mean, there are vulnerabilities, but very few. And they're slight and minuscule. Um, it's like the Star Wars nerds will appreciate this. It's the, the thermal exhaust port, <laughs> basically. Uh, that's, it, it's a very small weakness or that you may be able to attack uh, with this uh, machine that is the 49ers defense and give D'Amico Ryan's a ton of credit, which we'll talk about him a little bit later on because he's up for some of these jobs. But getting to the 49ers defense, they have 20 interceptions. Let's start there. Um, that is more than any team in the NFL, led the NFL interceptions. And how about this? There are 20 interceptions. None of them have come with more than four pass rushers being sent at the opposing quarterback. They've gotten all their interceptions with four pass rushers or fewer. They haven't had to they haven't had basically they haven't had to blitz to get an interception. So that is number one concern going against Dak Prescott, who last game was great, did not throw an interception. He was fantastic. But the Kim Kardashian, Nicki Minaj, Serena Williams size, Cardi B size, Megan the Stallion size, Beyonce size, but is he did in the regular season with 15 interceptions, um, only playing 12 games. But if Dak plays the game he played last game against uh, Tampa Bay, you ain't got to worry about that. Um, There's a lot of different disguises, pre-snap disguises for um, the 49ers. And they do a really good job of showing one look pre-snap and then shifting into something else post-snap, forcing the quarterback, the opposing quarterback, to make real-time adjustments and not be able to do everything pre-snap. Dak, remember last game against Tampa Bay? Talk about Dak being in control of that game. Do you remember, Patrick, just off the eye test, how often you saw Dak checking audibly at the line of scrimmage? It was a lot. Yeah. He was, a lot. He was doing a lot of stuff yeah. pre-snap, he, it, which means he was in control of that game. He knew exactly uh, how to set the protections, exactly what audibles to make to change the routes. He was, it, 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 was, it was a thing of beauty. It really was. I mean, it was something that was artistic watching him at work out there. That's going to be a challenge versus the 49ers. 
because they are going to try to confuse him pre-snap and post-snap. And D'Amico Ryans is great at it. Um, they actually have what they call, um, they're, they're essentially it, it mis, misinformation reads on defense, essentially setting up what would usually be a an indicator for the offense. Let's say you put a guy in motion, right? Motion is supposed to indicate a lot of different things. So you can put a guy in motion. It's supposed to indicate man if a defender travels in motion with that player. It's supposed to automatically indicate man coverage to the quarterback. Boom, I got man coverage. Not necessarily with the 49ers. They will travel linebackers and travel DBs and still come back and play zone on top of it. They're one of the, 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 the rare – it's a few defenses that do that kind of high-level stuff. They're one of the ones that do it. So they for it's basically they're throwing out misinformation to the quarterbacks. Your indicator's working against you. Um, so they, they do a ton of that type of stuff. So that's something you have to watch for with Dak. And so I'm worried about not worried about it. I just think the Cowboys have to be prepared that they're going to get a totally different look pre-snap than post-snap. Just you should be prepared for it. And that the indicators may not always work for Dak, your, your usual indicators, whatever they may be. Another thing to look at offensively for the Cowboys, I saw this too. And this is a good thing for the Cowboys, actually, because Dak Prescott in that last game versus Tampa Bay, he had, if you look at throws past the sticks, he was 11 of 13 and had a 158.3 pass rating. That's a perfect passer rating, ladies and gentlemen, perfect. 177 yards, four touchdowns, throwing past the sticks. The reason that's important because one of the, the few weaknesses of the 49ers defense, and there aren't many, one of the few weaknesses of the defense is that on third down against the pass, they're 23rd in the NFL. They're, fir- they're On first down against the run, they're second in the NFL. On first down against the pass, they're fourth in the NFL, uh, if you look at it. On um, if you look at second down, uh, they're fourth versus the pass on second down, third versus the run on second down. Um, they are first versus the run on third down, but 23rd versus the pass on third down. They're actually the 22nd best pass defense. Um, I'm sorry, 20th best pass defense in the NFL. So if, if there is a way to attack the 49ers, it is actually via the pass. They've, they've shown vulnerability at times um, in some predictable pass situations to give it up. You know this, Patrick, because your Raiders did it mm-hmm. with Jared Stidham. Yeah. And you, you probably got a chance to watch that game. I, I mean, Josh McDaniels figured out something against that 49er defense, and I'm sure that the Cowboys are watching a ton of that Raiders film right now. Yeah. I mean, it's it's said that that's the one it's the one thing the Raiders have in the playoffs is that everyone's got to watch their game plan against the Forty ers <laughs> You'd be wise to, yeah. But no, I mean, I think it's just one of those things of you just have to for Dak. This game is going to involve him having to be very smart and cautious, yep, and not not getting ahead of himself ever. And like the big thing of when you get in trouble is they'll be draw up plays where. You basically think your guy's going to be open, and you're throwing it to him no matter what. Mm-hmm. And, exactly. Yep. That, and those yep. plays that put Zach in trouble because he can make the throw, but now it's not an easy catch. And if it's Noah Brown, we've seen that where it's bounced off of hands, 
and then it becomes an interception, and he just has. To, I think you need to have way more outs against this defense, and have way more. I mean, you don't want to you don't want to Kirk Cousins it, but have some more options shorter. Have Dalton Schultz. I mean, I know that I saw in the the Buccaneers game early, which was a thing that I hadn't seen Dak do in a while, which was that first touchdown pass where he's running and he gets out of the pocket, and and he just and I'm immediately just like throw it away, just throw it away. Yes. So, and then it becomes a touchdown pass. Oh, you have the one where he's like rolling to yeah, his, drifting to his, to his left. Yes. And he throws a beautiful pass to beautiful. Schultz. Yes. Beautiful. And you watch it, and I'm like, just throw it away. Just throw it away. You don't want to get sacked. I, I said the same thing. And, <laughs> and no, you say it because Dak hasn't made that throw in a while. Yeah. And so if you're like, if Dak can do that kind of stuff and have that awareness to keep the eyes downfield and go, all right, I so may have to get out of the pocket sometimes, but I can keep my eyes downfield, but get away from this pass rush. Then Dak can have a, he can have success. You're right. But that pass right there was a thing that I saw in the game last week that made me think Dak can get can improve and do better because that was not the Dak we saw during this big interception streak. That was not the Dak we've seen in many many weeks. And so that kind of play when you went all all of us sitting at home throw the ball away. I said it. Don't too. take a sack. I think I said it to my wife. <laughs> Just throw it away. Just throw it and away. Then he throws a touch anyway. Oh, I didn't. <laughs> I mean, I, I'm on TV, so I can't see he's opening the end zone. But also, I don't expect you to make that throw. Well, and there were like three Bucks defenders, like yeah. very near. Like he threw it in like a perfect spot. Perfect spot. Like and drifting to his left. Off, off a foot going, like moving. That's a Out hard throw. No, that's an Aaron Rodgers. Like that's yeah. one of those throws that you see the goats make. Uh, and I'm with you. I, I, I'm with you. I, 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 I would put that throw as one of the best throws I've ever seen Dak make. Yeah, in his career that I've been watching him, and he he's made stuff similar to that, and he's made where he, he's had it in his career when he's playing really good football, he can make those kind of he plays. But he has not been playing really good football, and I think that's part of you know putting him in a situation where he starts to get that confidence, and you draw up some good plays and let him start going. Then he can make that play. And as you're saying with this 49ers defense, if you can just find the little holes and not try and do too much. Then yeah. now Dak can get the confidence, and now he can start making those throws, and maybe get you some in the red zone and stuff like that. Yeah, like I said, it, it's it, it's going to be you got a lot of patience. You're going to need a lot of patience yeah. um, early on. Just try because they're going to be troubleshooting. Just trying to figure yeah. out whether, like you said, where the holes are. It, it's there are not a lot of holes and not a lot of vulnerabilities, not a lot of flaws with this defense, but there are some. And like I said, it's like the Death Star. You got to find the thermal exhaust port. Right, that's what that's what Luke Skywalker found. Very small. Little uh, port, little outlet, and then you get it's a little small vulnerability. But if you hit it right, you can blow up the whole damn thing. And trust me, the 49ers got a flaw in their defense too, because nobody's got all that. They got pro, they got all pros at every level, but they ain't got all pro at every position. So it's gonna be key for the Cowboys' game plan to find out exactly where those weaknesses are. Um, and I think for for Dak. If he plays, if he plays like he played versus Tampa Bay, you get that big Dak energy, you're good. That's what you need. You need big Dak energy in that game. If you get it, and he's 11 of 13 with a perfect passer rating, four touchdowns, anytime he throws the ball past the sticks, yeah, you got a shot. You got a shot. That's that's all you need if you're the Cowboys. You just need a shot. As long as I'm telling you, you got a chance. If Dak plays that kind of football. You damn sure got a chance. And the Cowboys are, and, and you know, Tony Pollard's playing really good football, too. I point this out in the last game. Tony Pollard, 
had his career high in forced missed tackles. He only had 15 rushes for 77 yards. It's okay. 5.1 yards per carry. But I love how physical he ran. Career high in forced missed tackles. He ran with a purpose. Like he was mad at the grass. You are going to need that versus the 49ers. What, what, one thing you got to do with the 49ers too, and this is, this is me kind of giving you a little insight into my man Shano and I, I think it's a weakness for him, but it ends up being a strength. He's a very emotional play caller. Most play callers don't want to be emotional. Remember Tom Herman, when he was calling plays, he said, I don't like calling plays on the sideline. He wants to call plays up in the booth, yeah. away from the emotion of the side. The sideline is really emotional. It, does. It, it's, it's, it, it takes a certain type of personality to kind of eh, to be able to separate yourself from the emotion of the sideline and then be able to focus on the task at hand. All right, and I get caught up with what they do. They did what? Oh man, we go, we gonna show them. We gonna do this, and then you, then that mentality, that aggressive mentality, goes into your play calling. It can be an asset, but also can be a liability. Take take this for example. Remember in that game, the four uh, when they it was in it was in the third quarter, I believe, where they decided to uh, the the Seahawks. They decided they wanted to. I don't know. They took Debo down to the ground, and one of the players started to like twist his ankle. And that was a, a, a that was a, a scuffle between yeah, yeah, both the teams. Yeah, yeah. They they went on the field. Remember yeah. this? And at the time, Shannon went on the field. Kyle Shanahan went on the field too. And I remember Quandre Diggs, Lifetime Longhorn, actually was calling for a penalty because he because for Shannon to go on the field and he was like getting into the the scrum and everything. And Quandre kept like giving the penalty flag. Like there should be a penalty flag. Isn't that strange that everybody knows what that signal is? You yep. do that signal in a restaurant. Everybody's like, hey, why is that guy giving the, the, why the, the, the flag? flag? Why are he throwing the flag? Why is he throwing the flag a for a penalty? Everybody knows that symbol. But anyway, but I digress. Um, and Shannon won the field. And right after that, it's still a game at this time. Right after that, the 49ers, they get a touchdown on that very same drive after the leg of Debo was twisted by the Seattle player and they had the scrum. He wins. He ran six straight power, interior run plays, inside run plays, or essentially power plays. He was upset. He was mad. He was angry. He even says it in the postgame. We actually will play the sound. We can play that sound, too. He says it in the postgame. He says, uh, yeah, we wanted to make a statement of that. He gets emotionally caught up in the game. Yeah. Which is why 28-3 to disaster happens. He does get caught up emotionally in the game, and he lets it affect his play calling. He believes it's an asset for him. You can turn it into a liability against him. Well, you know who else would know that? Dan Quinn. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> if, 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 his, if one of his best friends knows, oh, Dan Quinn knows that too. But he does. He gets he gets caught up in it. We, we know this. We know from Atlanta when he was the OC there in the Super Bowl against Tom Brady up 28-3. to All right. Instead of calling a more pragmatic game, he gets caught up in, oh, no, what we're doing is working. He's like, no, but you're up 28-3. to To help what you're doing, let's just go win the game now. No, 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 no. He gets caught up. All right. I want to prove to the world. All right. He's one of those. And he did it again in this game. This game worked out for him because his team – they essentially they rallied around his 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 aggressive mindset. And like, oh, coach, coach wants us to go out there and impose our will and punk them. They want to try to twist the ankle of our best player and hurt our best player. Let's go out there. Let's show them what forty nine football is all about. So that is something you can take advantage of too. Now I don't know how you're going to do it, but you can. But you got to be able to have a feel for the game and know when he's getting emotionally charged up with his play calling, because he will. It'll happen. <clears throat> it, it happens all the time. He probably can if I watched every game. I try to watch most of them. I can identify when he gets emotionally charged up into it. And sometimes it's something that happens in the game. Sometimes it's a play call by the opposing coach. Sometimes it can be anything, but it gets them caught up, and then boom, it affects the play calling for good 
or bad, bad or for worse or whatever. Another thing to keep in mind um, with this uh, this matchup here and just talking about Shano and just his philosophy, period. You know, the the Cowboys have done a, a, a good job lately. And, and well, not lately, actually. I'll say that it this season they did a good job in special teams. Lately, it has not been great for them. Lately, their special team has been a disaster. It was a disaster in the Washington game. It was a disaster in their first playoff game. It has not come back to haunt them. The Cowboys are bringing in a a reserve kicker for practice squad. Um, that was actually revealed today. So I know Jerry Jones said they're going to stick with Brett Maher, and I think they are going to stick with Brett Maher, Brett Maher. But they're bringing on Tristan Viscano. Hope I got the name correct. To the practice squad. Pending a physical, says Tom Pelissero. Team officials have said the plan is to stick with Brett Maher after Monday night's extra point fiasco, but now they want insurance uh, behind Brett Maher. And it makes perfect sense. Strangely enough, man, I, I hope the Cowboys special teams, which has been the most consistent phase for them the entire season, I hope it's not melting down now at the worst possible time because it seems like it is. That their worst two games on special teams yeah. in the last two games. Yeah. That's scary. And what's in reality, <laughs> as bad as Brad Maher's game was, that's a failure on a player. <laughs> yeah. Whereas if you go, okay, well, now there's bobbled snaps and there's offsides and there's holding penalties or there's lapses in coverage and guys are getting through and blocking stuff and they're running it back, that's way scarier. Because now that's multiple people. So now the game before that, the Washington game, yes. Oh. But the Washington game, I don't know if anyone on Dallas played well. You're right. Nobody. But the special teams was the worst. And they, oh. they started out the disaster. No, no. And Kevontae yeah. Turpin hits oh. one off his helmet. And you're like, man, you've done this a million times. Yep. And you know not to do that. And you just didn't care today the for whatever reason. The punt by Brian Anger. Yeah. yeah. They just had a bad game. So, so that I'm a little because we saw them respond everywhere else. So I agree with you. you we, I hope that it's not, and you, you know, in this game against San Francisco, you cannot afford to no. give up points. Mm-mm. No, and you can't afford to, whether it be missed field goals, missed extra points, or field position, those types of things are just going to beat you up, man, with the 49ers. You can't afford to beat yourself. Yeah. Make the 49ers beat you. You cannot, whether it be penalties or whether it be mistakes, and total, don't beat yourself. Yeah, you can you can live with the 49ers beating you. They're a good team, might be the best overall team in the NFL. You can deal with that. The 49ers are such a a physical team. This is something that the Cowboys got to deal with too. The physicality of the 49ers. Do you know that every 49er opponent um, last this past season lost the the next game the week after they played the 49ers? Because it's physical. They're that physical. It takes you two weeks to basically recover from playing the 49ers. There's that damn physical. And now the, the the Cowboys, which, by the way, this is a mistake by the competition committee from the NFL, they forced the Cowboys to play the 49ers on a short week when the 49ers will have 52 extra hours of rest and preparation. Two-plus days of extra rest preparation for a team like the 49ers who are going to host the Cowboys. And they got one round trip plane ride in there, two, you know, three plane rides total in there. That's a lot. Short week. Off of a Monday to a Sunday? Yeah. Against the most physical team in the league, arguably? That's going, that concerns me, too. That concerns yeah, me. Yeah, there's a lot that concerns me about this game. But, yeah. but, yeah. I mean, I think Dallas showed at least we saw – one of the best Dallas performances we've seen in a while last week. 
So at least you have the hope. You yeah. have the hope right now. You're right. And you're going to need better, if not as good, versus the 49ers. Hey, and, and that's, you're going to need that game plan that you had a little bit longer on the game plan for this week. You knew you were going to play Tampa Bay, so you probably could have started a game plan in a couple weeks early. You probably did start before Washington, by all accounts. Oh, yeah. Uh, I hope but so. This is now you got to get in that room and study hard for San Francisco to figure out ways to game plan against them. It's going to take a Hall of Fame caliber game plan, I think, from Dan Quinn. It's going to take Kellen Moore's best game plan he's had all year long. Big Dak energy. You're going to need that. And you're going to need Michael Parsons to play the game of his life. Basically, everybody in the Cowboys got to have their best game. Yeah. If you do that, yeah, you got a shot. And it'd be nice if Brock Purdy had a rookie moment. Please make uh, make pro Purdy look like pump fake Purdy. <laughs> we we on the Big Twelve. We everybody. Nobody's more surprised by uh, Brock Purdy's success to 49ers than people in the Big Twelve. Because we've been watching them. Yeah. We're like, how? What? How is this happening? But that's that's what's happening. Uh, all right, we come back. Uh, what's happening right now is we'll get to the uh, – actually, we'll get to the coaching carousel in the NFL. Dan Quinn uh, being considered for another head coaching vacancy. Also, you get the latest on the Texans head coaching search. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 The Horn. Hit it. Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. My man Patrick uh, DJing a midweek movie music edition. Uh, and the feature of midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie is the original Kings of Comedy. I actually remember this scene too. Steve Harvey. Coming out, yeah. Yep, yeah. I remember this scene too, no doubt. Uh, I, now the scenes are coming back to me. And I swear before today, so I always learn something new with our musically themed days of the week. I did, I did not even know original Kings of Comedy had a soundtrack. I imagine it had to because it did come out in the theater, so yeah. I imagine it would. I've never heard it before today, but I'll, I'll admit, it's a damn good soundtrack. It was an MTV production. It was like an MTV thing, Spike Lee yep. joint. Oh, yes. You're right about that. That oh, was a Spike yeah. Lee joint. There you go. So uh, original Kings of Comedy, damn good soundtrack. Wouldn't have known that if not for my man Patrick, so I appreciate his efforts. Uh, let's talk about the NFL coaching carousel. Um, by the way, first, uh, want to note that Dan Quinn's, uh, presence has been requested for an interview for the head coaching vacancy with the Indianapolis Colts. I don't know if he is going to take, I'm sure he's going to actually take the interview. We don't know exactly the timeline, but I don't know if he'll take the job. The Denver Broncos have also reached out to Dan Quinn requesting an interview for their head coaching vacancy. And we also know last year, I believe it was Minnesota that reached out to Dan Quinn last year. And Denver. Sorry, Denver. The Carolina? You might, yep, I think Fred you're right Ford about Matt that. Rule? Yes, yes, I think you're right about that. You could be right about this. Yeah. Because there was like their several. name was there somewhere. There was several. That was like two or three. It was two or three of them yeah. last year. And he decided to come back to the Cowboys, which was great. Uh, and he's done even better. I think they forced 30, their first team to lead the NFL in takeaways back-to-back years since the Steel Curtain. That's crazy. So Dan Quinn is highly coveted, as well he should be. Um, so I... I I don't think the Cowboys are going to be able to keep Dan Quinn for one more year. I think he's going to take one of these jobs. And two of the five head coaching vacancies already requested requested an interview with him. And I don't know why the Texans haven't requested an interview with him. I don't understand that. They should I mean, at least request an interview they, with they him. They should. Uh, I think that it is just that's not like Sean Payton is the only one with any experience You're right. that they are they're asking to talk to. Yeah. That they interviewed. Everyone else is a young up-and-coming coach that they can basically mold into Casario as the guy, and they're underneath him. 
Yeah, all the guys, the OC, DC for the Eagles, uh, the Lions OC, Ben Johnson took his name out of the of the consideration. Uh, D'Amico Ryans fits that, that category yep. as well. Yeah, you're right. All the name, uh, Ijiro, Evero, the DC for Denver, all the, the candidates fit the description, the, the criteria yeah. you mentioned, except Sean, Sean Payton and I. I pray Sean Payton gets that job. I know people are saying that Sean Payton and the Texans, it doesn't make sense. I agree. It doesn't make sense. I, I think, but he can he can build that organization in his own image because they have the draft capital and the salary cap space to do it. Yeah, I think in this coaching carousel, it's probably the best job for him because he can take it over and he can basically get Casario ousted if he wants to. Yep. He can come in and it'll be his – he'll sign that contract and unless he really, really screws it up – he probably gets the entire length of the contract, if not more. Yeah. To build up, he gets his draft picks oh. and everything. It's his organization. He can basically yes. put everything into it, and Cal McNair just will let him do it. So I think in that sense, where you go, look, we're not in financial trouble. We have all our draft capital. Mm-hmm. We have extra draft capital. We have a. I can play with all my toys now. Yes, you can. As opposed to going to somewhere else where they don't have the draft capital. They don't have the players. You have a closing windows on some guys. Like Carolina has. There's positives to it. But there's also like, hey man, we we're already in it. Like we, Houston is basically a blank slate. I agree, as and so I think there's reasons there why it could be appealing. But I also think he may just sit out this entire coaching carousel. That's what I'm afraid of. And go, hey, it is. It's the most appealing of this. It is. But that's like walking into a club and the the hottest girl is a four. She may be the hottest girl in the room, but sometimes you just go to the next club. Yeah, well, it depends on what time of the night it is. <laughs> if it's one fifty-eight, and I walk in there, and she's a foe, and she's interested. You know what? I might have to turn that foe into a seven or eight. Hey, you know what I mean? How many seven shots and you to turn the lights <laughs> there down? There you go. There you go. Uh, but I know people don't really see Sean Payton with the Texans, and I get it. I get it. Getting back to our nails yesterday, when you see a couple and one's a ten and one's like a six, and you go, yeah. I wonder what the what the backstory is on that. And we all wonder. That's the Texans and Sean Payton. The backstory would be though. More draft capital and more salary cap space than any other uh, in NFL head coaching vacancy, and also a organization that is void of leadership, and you can fill that void. Yes, that's why. Like if you go to the that's Colts, they, yeah. you got Jim Irsay who is going to want to do things. Oh, Michael Manage. And hey, man, we're playing Sam Ellinger this week, and dude, you're not getting that at the Texans. Nope, nope. You basically everybody will be trying. They will be looking to you to solve every problem. Yep. Nobody wants responsibility. They're going to give it all to you. And I think it might be attractive to Sean Payton. So Texans still uh, considering all of their options and Sean Payton right now, still one of them. But there is a belief that Sean Payton might decide this is not the round of the coaching carousel uh, that he wants to jump on. So we'll get back to that. Uh, D'Amico Ryans, though, I think is rising fast of my board. If we have time on the other side of this break, I'll tell you why D'Amico Ryans is rising fast of my board. All that more right here, and we'll wrap it up and put it in the oven right here on Ball Don't Lie on 1049 Pop a top again. You mind if I have some of your tasty beverage to wash? Oh, yeah. I've been known to drink a beer or two. I think a man working outdoors feels more like a man if you can have a bottle of suds. It's only my opinion. Sir, I got beer. I got bottled breast milk. Eh, why don't we start with the beer? Okay. It's five o'clock somewhere. Wait, it's already five o'clock here. It's time for what's on tap. How about a nice cool drink? That's oh, really man, good. That's good. That's. That is... mm-hmm. uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. <sighs> 
Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time to wrap it up and put it in the oven. If you missed any part of any of the shows, please go to hornfm.com. You can catch up with them on the podcast page. Uh, before we get out here, we'll let you know what's on tap for us tonight. Uh, and as a matter of fact, uh, tonight I'm going to uh, start uh, breaking down that Cowboys uh, game a little bit more. I, I'm going to delete it from the DVR tonight, so I'm going to watch one more time, and then I'll come back tomorrow. We'll have some more breakdown Cowboys 49ers. By the time I get to to Friday, I'll have a game plan as to how the Cowboys can beat the 49ers. And for those who are, I think somebody was asking on the Specs text line, am I rooting for the Cowboys or the 49ers? I'm rooting for the 49ers. I got to root for my boys, my dog. I'm rooting for them to get to the Super Bowl and win it. And I haven't I haven't decided who I'm picking, but I'm probably picking the 49ers too. But still, I talk to Cowboys fans every day, so I'm not going to you know, rain on y'all's parade. I'm not going to be a buzzkill. I said during the show, I am going to try to find ways for the Cowboys to win the game. That's how I'm approaching this whole damn thing. So it's about keeping hope alive. Uh, what's on tap for you, Patrick? Uh, gonna go home. I gotta do some uh, laundry and chores. I've been watching too many games, but I probably oh. have some games on too. Yeah, you gotta do some adulting. Yeah, adulting, do some adulting today. Yeah, it happens to all of us, man. You gotta get some adulting out there. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna like I said. I'm gonna watch that Cowboys game uh, one more time. I got some um, stats that I'm trying to track from that game, and I'll have some nuggets for you tomorrow. More breakdown about the Cowboys and the 49ers. We'll also review the rest of those divisional round games as well. I want to thank my man Patrick for everything that he does and everything that he did for us today. Midweek movie music once again a success. Also, thank you guys for listening. We appreciate all of your participation. Remember the revolution will not be televised. We'll be talking about it right here on Ball Don't Lie. We love you guys. We mean that. Take care of yourselves, but more importantly, take care of each other. Peace.